Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Madison is the owner of Serene Moments, where she provides support as a postpartum doula and sleep consultant. She is 22 years old and lives in Northern Massachusetts. Madison has her BA in child and family studies. And as a prior nanny, infant teacher, and daycare manager, Madison decided to continue her love for supporting children and families by pursuing a full-time career as a postpartum doula and sleep consultant. As a young childless entrepreneur working closely with families, Madison strives to help these families through life transitions and position them to find the serene moments in parenting. Madison, welcome back to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. I am very excited to have this conversation with you today. Me too. Thanks so much for having me back. It's exciting. (laughs) I wanted to have you back on the podcast to talk about, well, having a podcast. I think that podcasting is something that feels really big time to those who don't have one. But for those of us who do have one, I think it's no big deal. I thought we could walk everyone through it together. But before we get started, give everyone a rundown for those who don't know you. Maybe tell us a little bit about your story, who you are, what you do. And ultimately, I'd love to hear why you decided to start your own podcast. Yeah, for sure. So I know I was on here before and I don't know if people have heard the other episode or not, but I'm a full-time sleep consultant and postpartum doula. And it's been a wild ride. Honestly, podcasting just felt like something that would be fun to me. Like I was never really a podcast listener, to be honest, when I was trying to look at sleep consulting and if I was going to do it and I was investigating the program that you have, I found myself over on the podcasts and I was like, oh my gosh. So I binge listened to all of them. I was like, this would be so fun. Like if you talk to anybody I know, they'll tell you that I literally never shut up. I'm always talking. The idea of having a podcast just felt so natural, I think. Trying to find a topic and having enough to keep me and listeners intrigued for an extended period of time was really, I think, the biggest thing that I was like, I don't know how to do this. So yeah, with a bunch of thinking and a lot of uh, trial and error of figuring out what I wanted to talk about and what people would find interesting, I landed with the postpartum plan. It's been interesting and fun. So it's always been something I thought I would enjoy, but I never really knew where to start. So let's talk about where to start. I think that for those that are listening and they're wondering, should I start a podcast? How would I start a podcast? There are probably a million things that you maybe don't have to do, but should do in order to get your podcast off the ground, get it launched. Let's walk through some of those things. The first thing is you need to come up with a name, right? Right. So how did you come up with your name for your podcast? There definitely are logisticals to it. Coming up with a name was one of the most complicated parts of it. But for me, once I figured out what I was going to talk about, it was 
a bit easier to figure out. But there was a couple month period where I was like, I don't know what I want to talk about. I don't know what I want to do for a podcast. Who is my audience? Who am I talking to? What topics am I talking about? And it kept coming down to like the two things of one, who is my target audience and who do I want to be talking to? And the other part of it was, am I going to have enough drive to continue doing so? Like I needed some sort of income associated with the podcast and I wanted enough topics to talk about that could make it long enough. So once I settled with, I want to talk about all the things that have to do with postpartum, it really kind of clicked for me because I'm constantly telling my clients as postpartum doula, you should have a postpartum plan. You should have a postpartum plan and everyone has birth plans, but no one has postpartum plans. And so that was when it clicked and I was like, that should just be the name of it. And so that's how the name came to be. It was pretty quick once I figured out what I was going to be talking about and who I was talking to. But getting to that point was definitely a bit longer of a process than the actual naming process for me. And what about creating the little graphic that goes in the podcast apps and your logo and the intro and outro music? Did you do that all by yourself or did you have somebody help you with it from a tech perspective? Yeah, a great question. All I have to say is Canva, Canva, Canva. Literally, I am not a graphic designer whatsoever, but Canva has been my best friend for so many things. Even back in college as an RA, I used it for like posters and now I use it for literally everything. I will say that a couple months back for my postpartum business and actually for sleep consulting as well, I had hired a social media manager friend of mine. She did some basically basic template like setup for me. She made a couple different designs that I could pull from. So that did make it a bit easier because she made my ideas come to life on paper. Because a lot of times for me, I struggle to start to create something because I don't know where to start. So for her to have like, here's a template and then I could pull and adapt things was really nice. And then when it came to this cover photo, I was like, all right, well, I want to have the photo in it. I went through and I looked into my podcast app, looked at all the other cover photos that people had. And the theme tend to be simplistic. Something super simple that was big enough that when it's on this tiny little square on a photo on a phone, you can see it. So I was like, all right, well, we want a cover photo. I want the name of it. And then we want it to look like it's a podcast. So I went into Canva and I literally typed in podcast cover and so many options came up. I just pulled and edited a couple of them and morphed them together, added my normal branding colors to it and went from there. Um, So the cover photo was really just a labor of love, (laughs) a little bit of a time commitment. When it came to the intro and outro, that's a whole nother story. I have literally no editing capabilities. (laughs) Me neither. Uh, Oh my God, it's so bad. I was recording with a guest the other day. I didn't know that I left such a chunk of time at the beginning. It was like this awkward pause and I was like, oh no, now I have to edit this. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. So editing, not my thing. So I was actually talking to a friend of mine and she was like, you should check out Fiverr, which I had never heard of, but it's basically like a website, think like Craigslist, where people can advertise their own services. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I went on and I think I paid some guy 50 bucks. He did an intro and an outro for me. He gets the music I get to pick from and he has the licensing to it. So I don't have to worry about that. He normally will even voice record the intros and outros for you. And you can tell him how you want it to sound. He's like a voice actor. So he does it. 
for my vibe that I was looking for, I still wanted it to be my own voice. So I just recorded my own voice, sent it to him, and then he pieced it together. I gave him a couple edits. He updated it for me and sent it back. So 50 bucks and then it was done. Really loved doing that. So that was how the music head of things went in the intro and outro because I was not going to try and tackle that on my own. Yeah, I felt really lost on that part too. I actually hired, I call him my podcast guy. (laughs) He's a guy. I have a guy. And when I first decided to start a podcast, I interviewed a couple of podcast guys and landed on this one who I felt like made it really simple. Same thing. He sent me a bank of music that was able to be used for free. I sent him my intro and outro, I wanted to use my own voice as well. I really wanted it to be my personality shining through on my podcast. Exactly. It's funny, I sent it to him. I sent him my intro and my outro. And I said, I'd love feedback. I can't figure out if this is good or not. And the feedback that he gave me, which I've since given this advice to so many other people, is to smile while you're talking. He said that when you're listening to somebody speak, you can hear if they're smiling. And I thought that that was really fabulous advice. So I went back into my basement where it was all quiet. My kids are upstairs and I re-recorded with a smile. I think it made such a difference and he just pieced it all together beautifully. And, you know, I think the point of sharing that you found somebody on Fiverr and that I have a guy that helps me with this is that when you're feeling stuck and when things feel really hard and outside of your area of expertise or your comfort zone, okay to hire out just get it done and it doesn't have to be exorbitantly expensive i think the guy that i work with is entirely reasonable for how he helps me and it sounds like your guy was reasonable too and we got it done i think neither of us probably would have gotten it done at least not as well as we did without the help of a professional right and i mean the thing for me when i was deciding if i wanted to hire it took a chunk of time before I decided I was like, screw it, I'm going to have to because I'm very much like a I'll do it myself kind of a person. And the idea, like I mentioned a second ago about starting a podcast was there needed to be some sort of income producing activity associated with the podcast because I'm definitely multi-passionate, I like to say, but like I end up getting super excited about something and putting my all into it. And then if there's nothing to keep me to continue doing so, other things come along and sometimes they're more important. And I didn't want this to get backburnered. <laughs> For me, I was like, oh, I don't want to invest all this money into this if, in case it does flop. I was trying to put good juju out there and I'm not trying to say it's going to flop, but at the same time, this is my full-time job. Sometimes it ebb and flows that goes with the career. And so the idea of throwing money at some something unknowingly, if it's going to be great, was anxiety provoking. But I was like, all right, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. And then in my head, I had a plan on ways to get listeners over to my website or over to my products and services and get onto my invoicing system. And so that 50 bucks was so worth it. It definitely took me a bit to get there. And I'm sure that if this continues to go well down the line, I'll probably end up hiring a podcast guy like you have who I can do stuff for me monthly because then I don't have to do any of it. But for me, it definitely was worth the 50 bucks because otherwise it would have been me sitting in this office for hours and hours on end trying to fix things because I'm such a perfectionist. (laughs) Where do you record your podcasts? Are you just hopping onto Zoom or are you using one of those audio recording platforms? 
When I was starting this podcast, I had no idea how podcasts were even done. I thought it was going to be this crazy, super complicated thing. And then when you had me as a guest on your podcast and you were like, oh, we just jump on Zoom and I just saved the audio. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so fabulous. (laughs) Like, oh my God, it makes things so less stressful. It's amazing. And so when I started setting mine up for myself and for my guests, I really took a page out of your book and I was like, all right, great. So I looked at your interview sign up thing so I could figure out what to add to mine. You know, I was talking to another friend who has a podcast and was asking them questions too. It's like, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. And so I do use Zoom as well. And I also found it kind of goes along with what you were saying about the whole smiling, you can tell thing, because if you're just kind of doing an audio recording, it's super easy to get distracted by things in the room or whatever you're doing that I find if we're on Zoom, I get to look at you. I'm going to smile more. I'm not a weirdo smiling at myself in my room and it feels more like a conversation. And so I find that it kind of helps a lot more to do it this way. So yeah, I'm recording on Zoom. That was a very long explanation. (laughs) That's okay. When I first started my podcast, I had been on a bunch of podcasts before and I had recorded on a lot of different platforms. I'd recorded on Skype. I'd recorded on Zoom. There are ones that are sort of specifically for podcasting that record each audio separately And people who are sort of serious podcasters will sometimes say that that's the best because the audio is recorded in two separate files and can be edited a little bit easier. Both of the guys that I interviewed to be my podcast guy, both of them said that a majority of their clients were just recording on Zoom. And at the end of the day, it was fine. Most people seem happy enough with that. And for me, it was a huge weight off of my shoulders. I think the way that you felt as well that, okay, here's a platform that I'm already comfortable with. I already know how to sign on. I know how to hit record. I know how to save to my computer. I know where to find the files if it doesn't download right to my desktop. It just didn't feel scary. And sometimes when you're starting something new and everything feels scary and overwhelming, if you can find the little pieces that feel easier and ride those waves, I think it's so much easier to have success. I know we touched on editing a little bit, but like, what are you doing for editing? Nothing? Totally wrong? Yeah. Great question. No, just going for it. I think that my biggest theme with all of this really kind of goes along with the topic that I'm talking about too. Like I'm talking about postpartum. I'm talking about the first three months, which is really the postpartum period, but overall, like the first year of life and just like how wild it is. And so I feel like especially for my target audience, the amount of just real life that I'm bringing to the podcast is super relatable. I'm not editing. I'm really just one taking it and going with it. And, you know, if things slip up with my words, like I did on literally every episode I've posted thus far, and I probably am today, it's just reality. And it feels like you're just listening to someone talk to you. My little intro and outro is like, I want to be my listeners postpartum besties. And so I just want to feel like you're on the phone with your friend. If you don't know what you're going to say and you trip up on your words, that's just normal. I'm not trying to be perfect because nobody is. So, you know, I'm not editing anything. I did the other day have to edit. Like I said, I clicked record and I took too long to start talking because if 
you have recorded on Zoom before, you know that you click it and it tells you, it's like, now we're recording. And then I started talking and I didn't realize that it's recording while it's talking, which is like so weird. Literally, I have a Mac. So I just popped it onto GarageBand and just cut the first five seconds off the front of it and then just downloaded it. I think like what you said about all the different recording softwares, the idea of having two different audio files that you can adjust is great, would be great because sometimes you do have guests that talk more quiet than others or are using a mic or aren't or audio sounds different. But I think that just adds to the reality of it. So yeah, I'm not editing, but I am using, which kind of I think jumps into the software in general that I'm using, is I have signed up for a Buzzsprout website account. And that's where I'm hosting the podcast. I guess I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but For podcasting, you have to have a website where you host everything and then it blasts everything out to all the other systems. And so that's what Buzzsprout is for me. And on Buzzsprout, you can upload your intro and your outro files. And then all I have to do is after I'm done recording, I literally take the saved audio file and I click and drag it into the system and it automatically adds the intro and the outro. I get to literally just type in show notes. I can pre-schedule it so that it posts on a certain day and I just click save. I even can add like a blurb that needs to be at the end of every show notes, which I love. So it's made things way more simplistic than I ever expected it to be. And it's so automated. So after I'm done recording with a guest, I literally just click and drag and it's done. I don't even need to add the intro and the outro talking about editing. It's literally right there, which I did not expect. And again, makes everything seem like it was so much scarier before I was doing it. Yeah, totally. The platform that I use for hosting, I think that's what it's called, is Transistor, I think it's called. And I'm sure it works very similarly to Buzzsprout. I find it to be pretty user-friendly. My guy who helps me, he actually uploads all of it and puts the show notes in. It's probably something that I could do super easily on my own at this point. I just continue to use them because I find it to be affordable and it's one last thing I have to worry about. He will make small edits. So if in the beginning I start the podcast and I say, welcome, but then somebody else is talking on top of me and it's a little awkward, we can just stop and say, all right, let's try that again and start again. And actually I upload everything into like a Google form is the way that he accepts all of the information. And there's a little question, do you want any edits? And I'll say, please cut off the first 20 seconds of the recording or at minute 326, please cut out 36 seconds or something like that. And he always handles it and then it's done. And that's something that I know would take me a million years to figure out how to do. I just don't have the capacity and I'm not interested. So I love that he can do that. I also have somebody else that supports me in my podcasting universe. I have somebody overseas that does transcribing. And so she will transcribe the entire episode and put it up onto my website, which I think is really good for search engine optimization. It's also just a more inclusive way to podcast is if you have the, awesome. the written version of the audio. And so she does that for me. She also does editing. So if I have somebody who comes onto my podcast and every other word is like, or, um, or there's a lot of dead space or just the conversation isn't flowing in a way that feels seamless and beautiful. 
I will send it to her and say, hey, can you listen through this and eliminate all of the ums? And she'll do that for me. I don't bother my main podcast guy for that because he's really for like one or two or three little edits. But if I need somebody to comb through the entire thing, I have her do it. That's awesome. That's so cool. It's great to have people, right? Yeah. Um, So let's talk about the why behind all of this. I think you touched on it already a little bit, but I want to unpack that because when people are going through their entrepreneurial journey and they're trying to figure out where do I show up? Do I start an Instagram account? Do I have a Facebook group? Should I have a podcast? Should I create a blog? The answer to that is like, I don't know. Should you? What's in it for you? Why are you doing this? What are your goals? What are you looking to get out of it? And you touched on the fact that you wanted the podcast to generate income for you in some way. Can you explain what your vision is for how the podcast is going to generate income for your business? Yeah. First thing that popped into my head when you were just speaking is that I had a blog. (laughs) I was listening to so many different things about SEO, like your website needs to be updated constantly. And I was like, okay, like I'll do a blog, like whatever. And I absolutely hated it because I am the worst speller. And I absolutely hate writing because like I said, I can't spell for the life of me. Like I said, I also talk a ton. So it felt like the wrong avenue. So I had someone actually revamping my website and I was changing it up. And when I did that, I was like, screw it, get rid of the blog. I'm not going to do it. And that's when I started truly thinking about the podcast thing and reality of it and how to move forward on it because I was like, this could be a really great option instead because I have this knowledge I want to share. And so I got into that idea and I was like, this is going to be great. I want to do a podcast. But then I was like, like I said earlier, I need something that has enough topics because I want to have many episodes and I need something that's going to keep me from throwing it on the back burner because I need something that has some sort of income associated with it. That's kind of what got me to this topic. Originally, I was like, oh, well, I'm a young entrepreneur and there's so not many of us. That would be a great topic. But then I was like, okay, but what am I offering to them that would be an income producing activity? Like not really anything besides just a community, which again is fine. But knowing my personality, I knew that was going to fade fast. (laughs) And so I really stuck with this postpartum idea. And it was because I was doing a prenatal course And it was a different type of prenatal course where we had a pelvic floor therapist, we had a lactation consultant, I was doing sleep and postpartum, we had a birth doula, and we were told to prepare 80% of our knowledge and to present it. I went to present it and I was supposed to only have 30 minutes. I ended up talking for 45 and I could have gone longer. I was like, I'm so sorry. I just didn't realize how much I had to share. And that's when I was like, so much knowledge, let's share it. But how am I going to share all this knowledge in another way. I was like, the podcast, that's it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to start this podcast. How do we find a way to make money off of this? Well, I had just launched my membership, which I had talked about last time I was here with you, which is originally was just for past clients of postpartum or sleep clients. And it was essentially like an avenue for them to reach out to me and have continued support, but then also for me to share knowledge every month via a newsletter and a Zoom call. I was like, what if I were to open this up to listeners? So I ended up increasing my price by $10. I have this rate that is for like anybody that wants to join. And then when clients offboard with me, I send them the information for the membership and I explain to them that they get 
$10 off, which was the original pricing they were paying. So they are still intrigued to join and they get a discount versus any random listener that's listening to me from halfway across the country. So I was like, great, that's an awesome option. And then I kept thinking and I was like, well, I have all these documents I share with my postpartum clients and with my sleep clients when they offboard. And I'm like, I've spent all this time on Canva creating these to make them look pretty and to make them easily readable. What if I were to create just these e-documents? I thought about it because I literally went on Etsy a couple weeks before to get an e-document myself. And I was like, oh, $1.50? Sure. Like I'll drop that. Or like, oh, six bucks. I can drop that. And it's so easy. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, this person sold thousands of this e-document. Like why not turn the documents I've already created and make some more because they're useful to my clients. Now they can be useful and they can be an income producing activity for all these listeners. So the membership thing is launched. The documents are in the works because I have to figure out a way to add them to my website so that it's seamless. You pay and you get it in your email kind of a thing because I don't want to use something like Etsy or whatever because if I'm charging such a small price, the fees then they take, take so a much cut, of it. Yeah. yeah. So I have my website guy. He's super sweet. A friend of mine, he's offered to amp up my website. If anyone's looking for a website guy, he's great. So he was looking for a couple different systems for me to see what would work best. So we're still in the works of that and I'm still creating some more documents, but that's kind of my hope behind it is people go over to the website and they purchase a document for five bucks. And then I'm going to hopefully do a sleep schedule for this age bracket and that age bracket, or just a sample schedule. And ideally people are able to grab those and that makes it financially worth it. So really just generating traffic to your website to either your membership or download these inexpensive deliverables. And hopefully you can show up and just talk every week and people will connect with you, head over to your website and purchase. Right. Exactly. I think the other part of it, which I think more people know about sleep consulting than they do postpartum work. I didn't know postpartum doulas were a thing until I became one. But it's also, I've always said, I'm not just marketing for myself, but I'm marketing for the community. We always say as sleep consultants that we're trying to take the stigma away of sleep training. And as a postpartum doula, I'm constantly trying to teach people about postpartum work because no one knows it's a thing. I think it's also just getting those aspects out in the world. I think that that's so important. I'm glad you touched on that because one of the questions that I get asked most often from prospective sleep consultants, people who are interested in enrolling in Center for Pediatric Sleep Management, is the market saturated? Are there already too many many people doing this? Like, Is there room for more people in the field? And my perspective on this, and it's the same for postpartum work, is that both of these fields, sleep consulting and postpartum support, are emerging professions, a lot of new parents don't even know what a sleep consultant is, don't even know what a postpartum doula is. And the only way that more parents hire sleep consultants and more parents hire postpartum doulas is if more sleep consultants and more postpartum doulas enter the market and start supporting more families. The more normalized this support becomes, our field grows. I think there's so much room for growth. As you said, most new parents don't even know what a doula is, don't even know what a sleep consultant is. I really do think that what you're doing is so important for the doula industry. And I'd like to think that what I'm doing is similar for sleep consultants. I'm trying to normalize this type of support. I think that parents, especially mothers, should not feel that they have to be at rock bottom to seek support 
either postpartum or for sleep struggles. They should seek support because parenting is hard and having a baby is hard or having a three-year-old is hard. When you're struggling, you should get help. And it's really unfortunate that that is not like a blanket feeling right now that parents really feel for whatever reason that they have to wait until they are completely suffering and borderline dead inside to get help. I think that that's sad. And I love that it's one of your goals is to change that. Right. And I think another big part of it is it's the stuff that nobody talks about. We're trying to get the news out that there are options for you. But sometimes people will talk about sleep about, oh, my kid sleeps, my kid doesn't. But the second someone says, oh, my kid sleeps through the night, that makes that mom or that parent who doesn't have a kid doing that, they don't talk about it. And then they feel even more alone. Same thing with postpartum. People are feeling overwhelmed postpartum. They don't know what to do, but they don't talk about it. So it's so quick to get to this point where it's like, oh, you're the only one feeling this way. You need to figure it out on your own. And that's just simply not the case. Telling and teaching the world that these professions in this support exist, but also telling and teaching them that it's okay to ask for the help and that you're not alone. That's such a huge part of it. Everyone's experiencing some sort of parenting struggle in one way or another. One thing that you didn't mention, but I want to mention just for you, and I think it's true for me too, but it makes me happy that you're doing this for yourself and your business. I do think that creating a podcast does give you a level of credibility. You're showing up every single week. You're putting your knowledge, your expertise, your personality out into the universe. And people are going to listen to that. They're going to connect with your voice. They're going to connect with your speaking style. They're going to connect with your interview style. When you have other guests on your show, they're going to learn to know, like, and trust you, which is exactly what we want out of prospective clients or students or whatever it is coming into our universe. And I think that for everybody that's listening, that's sort of an aspiring entrepreneur, or maybe they're already on their entrepreneurial journey and they're thinking podcasting is way over my head. I guess I'm sitting here across from the Zoom with Madison and you're relatively new in your entrepreneurial journey. You're putting yourself out there as an expert in the field and a force to be reckoned with. And I think that it's a really fast track way to have your audience take you seriously, because for whatever reason, people think that podcasters are the real deal. And so showing up every single week and being inside somebody's ear or on their car speaker, I think that that's hugely valuable. So I applaud you for doing it. I was really overwhelmed when I was first getting started with it. But what I realized is that it's such a quick way and an easy way for people to connect with me or you on a really personal level without having to have a whole conversation. Right. And I think another big part of it, which also speaks to the whole is the market oversaturated, is that postpartum work and sleep work are both fields where you're truly inviting somebody who's a professional into your life at such a vulnerable time that when I do interviews with anybody for either of those services, I'm always like, I want you to go talk to other people because as much as I want to support you and I know I could help you, you need to feel the so comfortable with not only the person that's coming in and the things that they're saying, but their personality because they're becoming part of your family, um, especially if you're doing in-person works, but virtually as well. And so 
being able to have a podcast where they are able to relate, it makes them feel more likely to reach out. I get a lot of people that come to me from referrals saying, oh, I interviewed four other people, but because I got a referral to you and this person trusts you, I trust you. And it's really so much about trust and relatability. So being able to just be a person and not just being super salesy and being all about the money and all about this stuff. I mean, I don't think anyone's in this field just for the money, but being able to truly be another human that they can connect with, really that podcast starts that. So it's amazing. If you're not already doing this, I would recommend that you refer your prospective clients to your podcast and have them listen to a few episodes. Just have them hear the way that you speak, have them hear the way that you share thoughts and opinions on things. Because I do find that it happens for me when people listen to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast, they get onto calls with me and they're like, I've listened to 30 episodes of your podcast. I feel like I know you. I already am ready to do this. But it sort of gets them in the mindset where they really trust me and they know me and they feel like they know my personality. So if you're not already doing that, I would definitely start that ASAP. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Before we wrap up, share with everybody your website, your social media, and obviously your podcast. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Serene Moments Doula on everything, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatnot. And then I am on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I believe Google Podcasts or whatever it's called for the podcast. It is The Postpartum Plan. And you can find all of the links and whatnot on my Instagram as well. I post updates on there when I'm launching things. I'm trying to post every week, but sometimes things fall through like this week and then it's a couple days late, but we're still kind of starting up here. So I'm working on it. But some of the episodes have been so cool so far. I've recorded with a couple guests and I have another guest podcast popping up soon. So yeah, it's a fun time. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and expertise on this topic. I hope that through this interview, maybe we inspire a few others to join us on this adventure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.